grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. She follows in a long line of great heroes of the faith, biblical exemplars. You could go back to the Old Testament, to the, the widow of Zarephath, who hospitably received the prophet Elijah into her home, gave him even the, the last of her food. Or in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, there's Lydia. We hear the story of Lydia, that when the apostles come to her, it, it, it says that Lydia prevailed upon them, that she insisted they come and stay in her home. She showed that kind of hospitable service. And then you think especially of, of Abraham. We heard the story of Abraham a moment ago and how Abraham welcomed these mysterious visitors into his home, rolled out the red carpet for them, tells us in the New Testament that he was entertaining angels unawares. In each of these cases, these great exemplars of the faith demonstrated hospitable service. You might even say divine service to others. Martha, Martha, she follows in their footsteps. She shows that same kind of hospitality, that divine service, not just for even some angels or some apostles, for the Lord himself, the Son of God, comes into her home and Martha pours herself out in service for the Savior and for her sister Mary. And that's why Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, well done, good and faithful servant. You have done well. You have the good portion, right? Oh, wait. That's not how the story goes. Martha doesn't get commended. She gets convicted. And why in the world would that be? She's following in the footsteps of all of these great examples of the faith, showing that, that kind of hospitality, that divine service. Why isn't she commended? Well, let's go back to the story. And I want you to try and put yourself in Martha's shoes. Imagine what that was like. You hear a knock at the door. Oh, okay, let's see who it is. Oh, Jesus! Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm having some guests in town, as I have some of my friends here this weekend, I want to roll out the red carpet. I want everything to be great. You want it to be nice. You want the food to be good. You want it to rain eight inches all weekend long. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that. So how much more if Martha suddenly finds Jesus at the front doorstep? You know, I imagine her slamming the door and then, okay, we've got to open it again. Jesus, so good to see you. Why didn't you call beforehand? But in he comes. And the contrast, the contrast between the, the reception he receives from these two sisters, it couldn't be more stark. I mean, on the one hand, you've got Mary. And what's Mary doing? She is just sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him, soaking it all up, just receiving from him. She, she's like a little puppy dog, curled up at his feet, right? And then you've got Martha. And Martha is like, we've got work to do. She's running around. She's saying, okay, I think I got a casserole. I can throw it in the oven. Mary, get over here. She's trying to clean things. Mary, why didn't you dust? She's getting everything ready. Jesus, just sit right there. Everything's going to be fine. Put your feet up. Ah! It's not quite in the scriptures, but you can imagine the scene. And things start to bubble up and boil over inside Martha's heart. And interestingly... She doesn't take it out on Mary, but she goes after Jesus. Lord, don't you care? 
Don't you see what I'm doing here for you, okay? Tell Mary to get up off her duff and to get in here and help me. I'm going to pause there for just a second, okay? Fellow pastors know that preaching on this text is an occupational hazard, okay? Because I already see the slits in some of your eyes saying, all right, preacher man, you want to do the dishes? Fine, all right? Be happy to sit and listen. But hear what Jesus says to her, see? Jesus comes to her not with words of judgment, but of a kind of compassionate invitation as he says to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Only one thing is necessary. Mary, she chose the good portion and it's not going to be taken away from her. Hear this word from our Savior, not as condemning judgment, but as compassionate invitation. An invitation for each and every one of us to receive like Mary received. See, Martha's problem was not her practice of serving. Serving is a good thing. Serving is commanded in the scriptures. We know this. You know this. Mary's, or Martha's problem is not her practice of serving. Martha's problem is her priority. See, she's anxiously prioritizing her own action rather than the action of the Savior. His work, that's the priority. There's an author by the name of Greg McCown who points out something interesting about this word priority. It came into our English language around the 1400s, and initially, the definition of priority was the uppermost thing, the prior thing, the prime thing. And so the word only ever came in the singular, which makes sense. How many number one things can you have? How many actual priorities can you have? There's only one priority, and then everything else follows after it. But the author McCown, he points out that in the last hundred years, oh, We've been able to change reality. Now the word priority more often than not shows up in the plural. Priorities. Oh yes, oh yes. We have so many priorities because we're modern people. We can multitask. I can do that. You've got something for me? That's a priority. That's a priority too. Boom, 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 boom. Have we really changed reality or are we deluding ourselves? And you know what it's like. I mean, this is, this is where Martha goes wrong, see. It's not in her practice of serving. Her problem is her priority. She's not prioritizing the Lord's work, but her own work. And you know how this feels, don't you? You, you start to snap at the kids for the littlest things, or at your husband or your wife. You find yourself yelling at anyone and everyone. You're in the car, hey, quiet down back there. We're going on vacation. We're trying to have a good time. And you start to feel that sense of, of resentment and bitterness coming up inside of you. You're short with your coworkers. You're short with your, with your family and friends, people you care about. And you're like, where is this coming from? You, you feel like Samwise Gamgee in The Lord of the Rings, like too little butter spread over so much bread. You ever feel, feel that? Have you been there? I think we all have. And it comes when we start to prioritize our own action rather than Christ's action for you, and we get out of rhythm. See, in our Lutheran tradition, we have a fancy word that we use to describe worship. It's an old German term, Gottesdienst. 
And, and Gottesdienst is translated as divine service. And you hear that and you think, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Divine service. Worship is when we come together and we worship God. We offer him our prayers. We offer him our, our thanksgiving. We offer him our praises. All of that sort of stuff. And, and God's like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Thanks, guys. That's kind of the conventional, what I would call the conventional view of worship. Anybody here from St. Louis this morning? Okay, then we can make fun of St. Louis people. Oh, no, there are some. Never mind. <laughs> never mind, never mind. But you guys all know about that great big monument in St. Louis, right? The arch. According to this conventional view of worship, it's like that St. Louis arch. It's like we're down here on earth, and God's up there in heaven. And we want to offer up to him our prayers, our praises, our good works, our obedience. And God up there, he takes all of that, and if he's like having a good day, then he says, okay, yeah, I'll bless you, or you know, I'll send my favor upon you, and, and that's really good. But the primacy and the priority in that view is whose action? It's ours. This is that kind of Martha mindset, what we're doing for God. But see, the biblical view of worship totally flips that upside down, which would actually make that elevator in the arch even more terrifying. So we're not going to think about that. But it's upside down. Rather than us taking the initiative, God takes the initiative. See, He comes down to you and me with his gifts. He stoops down to serve us. When we gather for worship, he comes down with his gifts, with his word of forgiveness. He comes to us in his body and in his blood. He comes down and we, we receive from him. His action takes the priority. We simply receive and then respond with prayer and praise. But he takes the initiative seat. His grace is always primary. You remember what Jesus said. He said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's who Christ is for you and me. With this perspective, we have that merry mindset that recognizes, yeah, I need to receive from him. It's not that you can't or won't serve. You can, you should, you do. It's not a question of whether you serve, but when. It's always and ever after receiving from the Lord, day by day, week by week, moment by moment, receiving from him and then responding, living into that rhythm of receiving, responding, receiving, responding. But when we find ourselves with that sense that the, the tank is just empty and you start to get resentful, you start to, to pick on others, that's when we're getting out of joint, see? That's when we're getting, when we're getting out of rhythm. Uh, you guys remember the show Seinfeld? And there's one, there's one character in Seinfeld, Elaine Bennis, and she was notorious for her dancing. When Elaine would start dancing, it was one of these. Boom, 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 boom. It's just like Chip on the dance floor, actually. Uh, that's what our soul gets like when we get out of rhythm, when we try to serve in our own strength, when we make our action pri the priority rather than receiving the action of Christ. You with me? See, but you can all think of people who have done this well and who do this not so well. You can think of those people who do serve joyfully and gladly from a heart overflowing with the love of Christ. And you know those other people who it's like they can't do anything without letting you know about it, right? They are going to play martyr to the very last day. What we're striving to be is not to have that kind of lack of rhythm, but to live in that rhythm of receiving and responding. I'll leave you with this. Uh, the family and I, we recently... 
went on vacation up to, up to Boston on the 4th of July, so there was like nobody there. <clears throat> and, and we're in the hotel, and they've got one of those great free breakfasts at the hotel with like stale raisin bran and old danishes and everything. But the hotel is packed, and in the morning at breakfast, the breakfast room is just overflowing. People are sitting anywhere and everywhere, and they're just snapping at one another and at anybody that they can. Well, in the midst of all of this, as I'm eating my bad raisin bran, I see this woman who I later come to find out her name is Ramona. And Ramona, she works for the hotel, and she's running around. She's like gliding around from place to place. She's picking up after people's messes. She's answering their snarky questions, and she's doing it all with this spirit of, of joy and gladness and happiness. And it doesn't look forced. It's not one of these like, I'm so happy to serve you, right? It's like genuine joy. And I'm just totally blown away by this because I myself, I can't even take my own kids, much less other people's kids at this point. Well, later on, I happened to find myself in the elevator with Ramona. And I, just, I, I say to her, I'm like, I, I just got to tell you, thank you so much for serving us. I was just blown away. And I, I got to ask Ramona, how do you do that? I mean, how do you put up with people at their worst in a situation like that? And she, she gives me one of these looks, kind of one of these. And she says to me, just Jesus, darling. <laughs> just Jesus. <laughs> but that's spot on, isn't it? See, we get so worn out, we get so, so, so bitter and anxious in our lives like Martha when we're trying to serve with our own strength, when we prioritize our own activity rather than making the one thing necessary, the priority, receiving from Christ, living into that rhythm. So when you find yourself, see, when you find yourself feeling like too little butter spread out over so much bread, Remember just this one thing. It's just Jesus, darling. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to sing. Amen.